0: Good morning, 9.30, how's everybody doing? Dude, guys, eight o'clock was so much better than you. Um, you don't get a chance to redo it. I'm not about that life either. You just gotta live with that consequence. Uh, my name is Trevor, I'm the elementary pastor. I'm so excited to be here, mainly because today is an important day. Uh, it is Labor Day weekend, which means summer's over, baby. Uh, we are moving forward. Is anyone like me, is anyone like kind of excited when summer ends? Like, Spokane summer is the best. Like, weather-wise, it's the best. Who just fills their life so full of every single thing in the summer that you're like, I can't wait to take a, take a break in September, October. Anyone, anyone, just me? Just, okay, a couple of us, a couple of God's people in the house. Lovely, lovely. Uh, no, my summer, you know, I, I I work here, I work with kids. So we did a kids camp, we ran a camp for 300 kids, which takes a lot of mental energy. I spent a lot of time doing that. Uh, and that ended, and this year, rather than like take time off, what I decided to do was uh, partake in a 24-hour bike race. So I went and got on a bike for 24 straight hours. And uh, so I was exhausted mentally from camp, and I was exhausted physically from a bike race, and I decided, dude, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, get, just, I, gotta, I gotta get in an airplane and go, because I love, I love flying. So I buy my ticket, I'm flying Alaska Airlines, not Southwest, because I love the Lord. And I am, I am seat 17D, 17D. This is an important seat for me because it is an aisle seat where I need the extra legroom because I'm six foot four, but I'm unwilling to pay for the premium seats where you get extra legroom. So I'm sitting on an aisle seat so I can you know, kick it out if I need to. But there's always this fear. Live it with me really quick. You're boarding a plane. I know I'm in 17D, but who is gonna be in 17E or in 17F? That is the middle and the window seat. Who do you not wanna see? I heard it already. You don't wanna see a baby. That's, I'm getting on a six hour flight. What I don't wanna see is a baby, okay? That's what you, adorable, right? Not not six hours in a prison. Not what you wanna see. And I board the flight. They say, boop, Trevor, have a great flight. I said, thanks, I get on it. Guess who's sitting in 17E and 17F? It is is a mom and her preschool aged son and her lap child. Now there's an important thing you need to know. This is my wife and kids (laughs) who are on this flight. They're They're with me. I'm not any happier about the ordeal. Um, listen, God, I love my kids, but six hours with—I mean, this is this is the kid I was with. This is his name's Roman. He's my child. I do not want to sit by him for six hours with nowhere to go. But here we are, and this is how you—this is a helpful tip for you know. I say, you have a baby right over here. Can I give you a helpful tip? Whenever you choose to fly, it's this: you show off the cuteness of the baby while you're boarding, and you say this. So sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I know. I, I tried to leave him at home and they would not let me. I'm so sorry. You bore, you go through security and they're like, hey, do you have any, do you have any lithium batteries, any e-cigarettes, any aerosol sprays, any firearms? You're like, no, 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 no. And they go, great. And, I, and you go, but I have this this baby. They're like, yeah, he's free, take him. <laughs> we tried, we tried to leave where we were, and they were like, you can't take any fruit with you, but you could take that baby onto the flight, which is like basically an act of domestic terrorism. (laughs) And you have to just apologize. And then an hour into the flight, you go, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And and the flight attendant goes, you know why it doesn't cost any money to bring babies? It's so you can afford to buy alcohol for all the people around you (laughs) that have to deal with your baby. This is is why, they did not really say that for the record. Don't be like, I'm done flying Alaska. Alaska's great. I say all this because today, our topic is about forgiveness. And that sometimes people do things that aren't very kind. And sometimes people do things that are really upsetting. But we're in this series called Letting Go and Pressing On and last week Dan kicked it off when he talked about labels and he said, hey, there are things that have been said to us where people said, you are this person or you believe that, you say, I, I believe that I am this person and it's not the person that God says you are. So how do we, how do we let go of the labels that bind us and how we press on knowing what God has in store for us and, and the verse that we've been hanging out in is Philippians three thirteen and 14. It says this, but I focused on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And what we're going to talk about today is this idea of forgiveness, because Jesus actually says some really, really strong things. That as I read them, like I said them on Thursday night, and they were like, "Did you really just say that?" I go, "No, Jesus said that." And it's going to be—you are going to be like, "I don't—I don't think that's—I don't think that's what the Bible says." I go, "No, it's exactly what the Bible says. It's crazy how important this topic is to you, letting go." of what's happened in the past, and moving forward, pressing on to what God is calling you to do. So I wanna do a quick little game, everyone gets to play, it's, it's super great. Just when you think of this thing, please raise your hand, are you ready? I want you to raise your hand when you can think of a specific time that somebody hurt you, lied to you, upset you, betrayed you, wasn't there when you thought they should've been. Just as soon as you think of it, just put your hand up. Awesome, you put your hand down. Okay, it's not a very hard game. Because it turns out like pain cuts deep, but it sits real shallow. So when I say, hey, who's ever been hurt? You go, me, done, got it. Can you name three people? Boom, done, got it, three instances, got it. We are really quick. It's the whole thing of like, if you go to work and you have 10 people say, hey, you did a really, really great job on this, and one person goes, eh. What do you go home and tell your spouse? Oh, can you believe that he said I didn't do a good job on that thing? This is like, when the church gets done, I'm gonna be standing out in the lobby. And what happens is, is as you're leaving, you know, you, uh, you pass me and you go, I, I feel like I have to talk to him now because he's standing there. And 100 people will say, Trevor, that was the best sermon I've ever heard. That was amazing. You're absolutely gifted by the Lord. And one person will go, that was okay. And guess what, I'm gonna go home and tell my wife. We, I found one person who needs to switch churches, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Uh, th- th- one time, okay, I got a side note. This is not in the notes, but we're gonna tell it anyway. I had a guy who told me, you know who he remind me of? You remind me of Chuck Swindoll, and Chuck Swindoll, if you don't know, is a famous pastor, preacher, author—like just a just a real dude. Then he followed it up and he said, "Yeah, when he was young, like he also struggled a lot." <laughs> I was like, "What?" And he went on. He went on to say, "Like no, here's like, here's some encouraging things. I don't remember what they were, um, <laughs> but I can I can recall that story immediately." Uh, so I, I say all this to say, we have pain, we have hurt, people have wronged us, and we remember it really, really well. I say that to go, hey, as we talk about forgiveness today, as we talk about, hey, how do we let go of that? I don't want you to hear me say like, it's easy, get over it. It's a process. But on paper, there's not a lot of steps to it. But don't interpret that as me saying like, hey, you should've gotten over this a long time ago, because some of you have really, really recent and minor and shallow pain. Some of you have really, really deep, like, trauma, and, and I just don't want you to think I'm minimizing that, okay? So just, just please don't leave this and be like, man, he really doesn't get it, because it's your, it's your stuff to deal with, I'm here to help you deal with it, okay? So here's what it says, uh, biblically speaking, I wanna teach you, first of all, how to forgive. Well, we'll get into why to forgive biblically, but I wanna just start off with how to forgive. The first thing is this, I want you to pray for those who hurt you. I want you to pray for the person that you're struggling to forgive. This is what we see Jesus do. Jesus is literally hanging on a cross. His back has been split open from whips. He has a crown of thorns on his head. He says, "Father, forgive them because they do not know what they do." He is praying for the people that are killing him as they are killing him. And some of us have a pain, we have a hurt and we don't want to forgive a person. And that's okay today. But what I want you to do is start praying for that person. And and pray that God would change your heart and your attitude towards that person, okay? You go, Trevor, I'm, I'm not ready to forgive that person. Okay, would you pray for that person in the same way that Jesus prayed for those people? And the second part is this. Forgive others as you were forgiven. Those are the two steps, okay? I want you to pray for that person and pray for your heart until you're at a point where you are ready to forgive, and then forgive, because God forgave you. Now again, you're gonna go, hey, but you don't understand. I, I know, I don't. I don't understand what they did. But I'm telling you what God says to do. But Trevor, what if they didn't come and apologize to me? They might not ever do that. You, you might just have to pray for them and forgive them without them ever apologizing. Yeah, but what if what they did was really, 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 really bad? I understand that. And it might take longer to get to a point where I did forgive them. We should pray for them and then forgive as you were forgiven. Yeah, but what if they're not here anymore? What if I'm mad at my parents? What if I'm hurt by my parents? And they've passed away, okay? You're gonna have to pray for them and pray for your heart and forgive as you were forgiven, okay? This is what the Bible says. Now, the bigger part of this is not just how to, but like why should you? And the first thing is this. I should forgive because not forgiving hurts me. Not forgiving hurts me. Hebrews 12:15 says that look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And Lamont says that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it kills the other person. Okay? I'm from Iowa where what we have for swimming are called ponds in case you're unfamiliar, being in Washington. Um, Ponds are stagnant water that just get real gross, right? They just got got algae and scum and like the, the big tadpoles that are real nasty and that's what you go swimming in and you hope there aren't poisonous snakes in it. Like, welcome to Iowa, it's a great state. It's my tourism commercial for it. Here, we have lakes that are fed by mountains and they like lead to rivers, We have rivers that are just constantly flowing. The rivers are generally clean here. You could take your kids and play in the water and not worry about what they're gonna catch. This is what happens to our hearts when we don't forgive. It becomes this stagnant pond and it gets gross and we start to just resent others and we start to just start to talk bad about those other people it says in Hebrews 12, 15, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. So not forgiving hurts me. I should also forgive because I will need forgiveness again. Yeah, Trevor, that person is the worst. Yeah, so are you sometimes. We just are. We aren't perfect people. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Okay, here's the first one where someone's like, oh, you said if I don't forgive others, God won't forgive me. Yeah, I did say that, because Jesus said that. That if you aren't willing to forgive someone else, and then you go, God, forgive me, he'll go, no, you gotta do your stuff. That's the way relationships work. We don't just go, gimme, gimme, gimme. We have to do something. He also says it in Matthew 18, later on in the book. Um, Oh, let me give you the backstory here. There's a a story about a king, okay? It's a parable. The story didn't really happen, but Jesus was telling it to give an example. He says there's a king and a servant owes him money and the amount of money is is comparable to about $2 billion today. It's like lifetimes of pay. And the servant comes to the king and he says, king, I will never be able to repay this you know you're threatening to throw my, my family into prison or sell us into slavery, to pay off the debt. We will never be able to do that. And the king goes, "You know what? I'm the king. I have all the money in the world. It's fine. Your debt is forgiven." The servant leaves that place overjoyed, and he goes out to another servant who owes him about 150 bucks. And he says, "Give me that money." He has him thrown in prison. He's going to have him beat. He's going to to have his family arrested because he won't pay him the money. This is the king hears about this and he calls him back in. And in Matthew 18, 32, he says, then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Listen here. Then the angry king sent the man to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. And that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So what Jesus has said is if you don't forgive, God won't forgive. And if you don't forgive, you'll be separated from God and tortured until the debt is paid. If we as Christians are unwilling to forgive, we are talking about separation from God eternally. Like Jesus says, like, this, is, this is a salvation issue. Your willingness to forgive because you have sins that have to be forgiven and that's a salvation issue that we have to be made right with God. And if you won't be made made right with other people, we're gonna struggle. This is an important, important topic to him. He also says, I should forgive because I could be running towards what God has for me. Uh, I I will say this. Uh, I told you I recently did a bike race this summer for training, it's a lot of time on a bike away from your family. Um, so sometimes I would hook a bike trailer up and I would take my kid, uh, he's four years old, his name's Crosby, I would take Crosby with me and I would say, hey buddy, you wanna go for a bike ride? And he'd go, yeah, so jump in the trailer and I'd go, hey, do you wanna go fast today? And he'd go, yeah, I wanna go fast today. And what that means is I would go up to the top of a very high hill and we go down the hill. And he just has the best time, he loves it. So, so I throw him in the trailer one day and we, we get on the trail, and we, I take him to a detour where I go, okay, here's a hill. We start going up the hill. And he goes, hey, Dad? And I go, yeah. He goes, I thought you said we were going fast today. <laughs> we are, buddy. We just gotta get up this hill first. Okay. Well, I'm bored. <laughs> so this is just, he is heckling me from the back. <laughs> well, I'm bored. I said, I know, I know. But when we get to the top of this hill, and he just goes, can we just turn around and go home? This isn't very fun. I have, like, Statler and Walder from the Muppets just in the back, just, like, just chirping at me. I said, this kid, what he doesn't know is that if I just unhook this trailer right now, (laughs) I I will go so much faster up this hill, and he will also start going fast immediately. (laughs) The wrong direction, okay? But the point is this. In Philippians, the first verse I read, Paul says that I uh, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead and I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. What he says is this. You are, when you are unforgiving to someone else, you're dragging a weight with you and what God has for you is over there and you're like, oh, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. And he's like, you could let that go and just start sprinting towards what God wants for you. It's like, you're dreading today because you're carrying weights, because you're pulling the sled. You don't have to. Do you know that? You can let it go. And then what we know is that he has something for us over there. And we could like get there. Sounds pretty nice, right? This is why we should forgive. But you go, but I'm not ready to forgive. Okay, so start praying for the other person and forgive as you were forgiven. Now, I wanna play another game with you. Um, it's very similar to the first game we played. It's this. Uh, think about a time, uh, you know, hurt, betrayed, lied to, wronged, but that you are that pain for someone else. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. But what's a time that there's, if I ask that question to the entire world, raise your hand, if someone ever wronged you, when they raise their hand, they're thinking about you. Got one in your head? Okay, turns out, Jesus has some pretty strong things to say about, say about this as well. So what we're gonna talk about is asking for forgiveness because what we love to do as humans is this. I know this person's mad at me because of what I said, but here's the deal. I was having a really bad day and like, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. I didn't even mean what I said and like, they should just get over it. You know, or like, Hey, I know I said some stuff I probably shouldn't have said, but like that doesn't change the fact that it's true. <laughs> the thing I said about them being a helicopter mom, I still believe it. She should change, you know. Uh, there, there's another one. Oh, that person—they're—they're they're just the worst. They just deserve it. They're really mean to everybody, and they had it coming. So I was mean to them. Yeah, oh, they're just so sensitive. What a snowflake. That's a common word in today's culture. Snowflake. They just get offended by everything. It's not my fault. It's their fault. We love to make excuses. When we get hurt, we're like, it's all their fault. When we hurt people, we're like, it's all their fault. It's wild how that works. Jesus says this about asking for forgiveness. Matthew 5, 23 and 24, he says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, pause. This is their version of going to church, okay? When you go to church, to worship God. And you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Okay, so you, you came to church today. And Zach came up and he said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna have this time of communion. The cups are in the chair in front of you. We have some directed prayer on the screen. You close your eyes and you go, I'm not really, the way I said that thing to my wife this morning was not ideal, okay? The way I handled that situation on Friday with my coworker was, Less than great. I really hurt that person when I said, oh, I haven't talked to my brother in a while because of this interaction that we had. I should probably make that right. He says this. When you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. What Jesus says is if you come to church and you realize that there is someone that you have not made something right with, you should leave church. Go make it right and then come back and worship. Okay? Now he doesn't say, listen, if you haven't made it right, you have to leave church forever. He doesn't say, hey, leave church, and when you're ready to apologize, take your time. Then come back, you can't, you can't be like, listen, I came to church and I learned, I don't have to come back till November because that's when I'll be ready to apologize. No, 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 he says, go. Make, a, make an effort to go to that person and make it right. Then come back and offer your sacrifice. He says, hey, that thing that you're supposed to bring and give to God, don't worry about it. Because if the relationship between you and the other people is not right, It's gonna really hinder the relationship between you and God. So what we're gonna talk about next is I told you how to forgive. We're gonna talk about how to apologize with integrity. This is very important because something else that we're really bad at is apologizing, okay? Let me give you some examples of what not to do. Hey, I'm sorry for the stuff. No, doesn't count. Sorry sorry, I did some stuff. No. Hey, I'm, this is a great one. I'm sorry you heard about what I said. There it is, there it is. Hey, you know those things that I fully believe that you were never supposed to hear about? I'm really sorry that we have a friend that's a gossip and that she told you. Wrong! Not the way you do that. Uh, here's another one. I'm sorry you got offended by, Wrong! Hey, my dear friends, I need you to warn you. I need you to warn you about something. We're going to come up on a political season and holidays. Let me tell you how to not apologize. I'm sorry that you, uh uh-uh. uh. No, 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 Batman. I'm sorry. And first thing is this admit to specific actions and attitudes. It usually starts with, I'm sorry that I. That's a great start. I'm sorry that I said that stuff that you heard. Not I'm sorry that you heard the stuff that I said. I'm sorry that I said it. I will be honest, you weren't supposed to hear it, but that's not the point. I was wrong. The things that I said, the things that I did, that was not okay. You have to say, this is. it may even go as far as like, hey, I wanna come clean on everything that I said about you, because I don't want you to hear something else later and think I'm still talking about you. So let me lay it all out there, and you're gonna be really specific with it. Hey, I'm sorry I didn't make those phone calls I was supposed to make, and the deal fell through, and we thought we were gonna have this big win for our company, and we were gonna make this money, and we're not now, that was on me. I'm sorry I didn't make those calls. I'm sorry I didn't follow up. I'm sorry I didn't get those contracts sent over. You have to be specific about it. You can't just say, hey, I'm sorry about the stuff. I'm sorry I blank. The next one is this. Ask for forgiveness. Something else that we really love to do is just go like, hey, I'm really sorry that I did that stuff. And we don't give the other person a chance to forgive us or speak their mind. We just go, look, I just gotta get this off my chest. And once this is off my chest, then it's all good. But like, remember, there's a, this is a two-person relationship going on here that we have to make things right with. I'm sorry that I blank, will you forgive me? And sometimes this is gonna be a glorious moment, and they're gonna go, yes, absolutely. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for this. I have been uneasy. I'm so glad that you apologized. Hug it out, bro. Sometimes they're gonna say no. No, I'm not ready yet. And that's okay, because what we're talking about is what God says about how we should handle this, okay? We're not talking about what God says they should do. It's about what we should do. Now, what you shouldn't do is when you go, will you forgive me? They say no. You say, well, God says that if you don't forgive me, you're gonna go to hell. (laughs) Because then what you have to do is apologize again. You say, I'm so sorry for Jesus juking you in this moment, will you forgive me? And you just gotta run it back, okay? Third thing is this, accept the consequences. You can actually apologize well with integrity, be forgiven, and still have a consequence. That doesn't, that doesn't mean, oh, now I'm not in trouble, okay? Let me give you two examples. I'm gonna give you two examples about, about a husband and wife that are, are made-up examples for the record. There are real things that happen in our lives, but like, I just know that with, with my wife and with, My wife and I, it's a very tense relationship when things aren't good. So like I come to work and I go, either I'm mad at her or she's mad at me and I'm thinking about it all day and I don't really wanna go home because I'm mad at her or she's mad at me and I get home and guess what? It's really tense in the house because I'm mad at her or she's mad at me and we just sort of avoid each other because I'm mad at her or she's mad at me and we go to bed, lather, rinse, repeat. So we're gonna use this as the example. Okay. Husband comes home from work, pulls into the driveway, what's on the front porch? More Amazon boxes, okay? Some of you laugh, good for you. Some of you did not because this is, this is a very tense subject in your house. Hey, we talked about this. We have some pretty intense debt and we can't afford to just be buying stuff on Amazon every day. We, we have talked about this. And she goes, yeah, but if you would ever buy me anything, then I wouldn't have to do this. Like every time I want something, you go, No, we can't do that. I want to go here. No, we can't go there. So I'm just going to buy it for myself. Sorry, you're wrong. And you need to go to your husband and say this I'm sorry that I keep spending money that we don't have. I'm sorry that I agreed to, to focusing on doing what was right for our family and paying off this bill or that payment. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And he goes, Yes, I love you. I love Jesus. He forgave me. I forgive you. But maybe what you need to do is go to Amazon and sign out and then have him change the password so that you just can't log in and, like, one click purchase stuff. Like, that's a, that's a real consequence. And you go, Well, that, that seems pretty trivial. Sometimes it is. It's as simple as going, Look, you were wrong. Admit it, make it right, move on. Let me give you another example. Uh, something that we just see a lot working in a church is is husband gets tripped up, trapped up, pornography. And he goes to his wife, or she finds out, either way, has to have the conversation, honey, I'm really sorry, but I've been unfaithful in this way. It's not right. I betrayed your trust. Will you forgive me? She says, I love you, I love Jesus. He forgave me, I forgive you, but... What I want is when I go to bed, you go to bed. And we're gonna leave all the screens and devices and electronics in another room. And if you're not tired yet, you can bring a book. Oh, but I'm gonna have to do some work emails. No, you don't. Not tonight. Do the work emails by 8 p.m., put the computer away. Oh, but my phone is my alarm clock. Go to Walmart, spend $6 on an alarm clock, plug it in next to your bed. Trust me, the London markets will wait. You're not that important, okay? Now, that's, that's not to say, she said I can't have my phone. She doesn't trust me. She didn't forgive me. No, 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 she's allowed to not trust you right now. That doesn't mean she didn't forgive you. You hurt her. Oh, he won't let me carry a credit card. I have to carry a cash envelope like some sort of Dave Ramsey nut. He doesn't forgive me. No, he forgave you, but you have to earn some trust back, okay? Insert your situation into these scenarios. This is what I did, it was wrong. Will you forgive me? And you move forward while accepting the consequences. Here's something that's very important to know about me. Um, I am, I I grew up heavily influenced by this world famous theologian named Johnny Knoxville. And um, who said things such as, if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. And I did, I did a count, I went head to toe um, to prep for this sermon. I have broken in my life 15 bones, and none of the stories are good, so don't ask about them after service. But I've broken 15 bones. And I know that breaking a bone does not feel good. When I was playing basketball and I came down and I broke my foot and I stood up before I realized it was broken, I tried to run down the court and I went, gah, and that hurt. You know what hurt more? My friend took me to the doctor, and the doctor said, we're gonna set this bone now. At which point they go, hey, that part that's kind of poking up at your skin, that's not supposed to do that. Gah! Not cool. But guess what? It heals. I, to this day, I have a crack. I broke my nose five times. I have a crack right here in my nose. If you touch my nose, you could feel it. Now, don't ask, we're not that close. I'm not gonna let you touch my face. The reason my nose keeps breaking is that I've never gone to have it set. Do you know why? Because breaking my nose hurts, but you know what will hurt worse? The doctor going, gah! But that just means I will always get nosebleeds every time a ball comes near my face. This is the consequence I have to live with. But my foot, I actually had the foot set, and I had to have a cast, and I had to have a boot, and I had crutches, and I was off it for a long, long time. But if you actually go back and look at x-rays of people with broken bones, you'll notice something, that the place where the bone was broken, when it heals, is actually stronger at the place that it was broken. That your body goes, hey, we gotta fix this. This is not good. We gotta prevent this from happening again. And what, what you have are broken relationships that if you go, hey, I either need to be praying for this person and forgiving them, or I need to go to this person and ask for forgiveness, you don't wanna do that because that's like setting the bone. You go, that's gonna hurt worse than the actual injury. But when that heals, you actually get the chance to move forward in your relationship with God and with that person, and it's stronger than it was before. So I'm gonna be praying for you in just a minute that you're gonna take that step and go, who do I need to forgive, or who do I need to go, for, go to and ask for forgiveness? But there's something else interesting, um, and again, you're probably like me in this, because um, I, I think we're people, and this is how we are. When, when someone comes up to do communion and they say, hey, I want you to take this time and do the directed prayer and really talk to God and we just go, God, I'm sorry for the stuff. But guys, actually, internally, don't raise your hand. When's the last time that you go, this is the last time I actually repented. This is the last time I actually said to God, God, I'm sorry for, and listed it out. When's the last time you said, God, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. I'm sorry. I need your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Because here's something interesting. When God forgives us, which he does, by the way, every time we ask, there's this really major consequence that we we know of, and it's called separation from God, eternity in hell, and he's already paid that price. Now, there's still gonna be some consequences on earth because guess what? You messed up. But that major, major, major thing, the reason he sent his son Jesus, he already took care of it. And so you're sitting here today and you either need to forgive someone, or you need to go to someone and ask for forgiveness, or you need to talk to God, like now. Because what he said is hey, if you know that something's not right with you and another person, you should leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and make it right, and then come back. And if you're here today and you go, have? I've actually never done that. I've never actually talked to God and like, truly gone, hey God, you are the one in control and I have messed up a lot, a lot, a lot. Here's how I've messed up. Bam, 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 bam. Will you forgive me? I'm gonna invite you in a moment to come over to this cross. There's gonna be people who wanna meet with you. They would love to talk with you. They would love to pray with you. They would love to support you. They would love to answer questions for you. We would love to see you join God's family. For those of you who, who have already done that, you just go, no, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm gonna ask you the question like, okay, then, then where are you hung up? Because somewhere there's a weight that you're dragging that you could just let go of. You could like truly enjoy the presence of God today and where he's calling you in the future. So the band's gonna come up and they're gonna sing a song and, and you are more than welcome to, to sing that song. But I would just encourage you like to take a few minutes and just think through who do I need to forgive who do I need to make things right with where am I wrong with God and just take this time because we don't have it a lot in the week we don't make that time so would you bow your heads and pray with me please Father God I just come before you right now and I pray for strength and for peace that you call us to be peacemakers, to go and to make things right, whether we are the ones in the wrong or we are the ones who have been wronged. And I pray that we would do that. I, I pray that uh, someone today is just sitting here going, I've never made things right with God. And this is an amazing, amazing day to choose to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. I also, I also know that there's someone here who's, who has someone in their mind. I Betrayed that person. I was not there for my friend when I should have been. I said things I shouldn't have said. God, I pray they have the courage to just get up and walk out before service is even done. They would just go to that person and make things right. And God, I pray for the people who have hurt, which is all of us. Especially that deep hurt, the one where where what they heard was you should pray for that person and forgive them. they go, I'm not willing to do that. I just pray for their spirit. I pray for their soul. I pray for their healing, God. That you would move in them to a place that they, that they would just go, I don't have to hold on to this anymore. And that, that they would just embrace what you have for them today, tomorrow, forever. God just give us these moments to reflect, to lean on you pray, to repent, and allow us to just be stronger, more fulfilled followers of you. So in Jesus' name I pray, amen.